Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us right now is Mike Oresco, AAC Commissioner. Mike, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? morning, Greg, and uh, good morning, Brian, my old friend Brian, and, and nice to talk to you, Greg. Pleasure. Well, nice to, t- nice to talk to you. The pleasure is ours, and this is a good week for you, man. You got a big-time game, a 15th-ranked team in the country at 10-0, and playing a 9-1 and team. It's going to be high-profile on national TV. Uh, you, you must be peacocking a little bit this week <laughs> and walking around feeling pretty good about your conference. Well, I do, and, and I have for a while. I think this conference has accomplished a lot over the last four or five years, but I've been waiting for this game for a long time because I really think that the uh, these two teams have all the potential in the world, and both of them have not been good at the same time, and we've been waiting for that day to have this rivalry because, you know, our league doesn't have a lot of natural rivalries. I mean, we have SMU-Houston, which is developing, and we have Memphis-Cincinnati, and we have the Temple Houston uh, rivalries have developed because of the competitiveness of the team, sort of like the old Dallas Cowboys-Redskins rivalry, which really wasn't a natural one, but it developed for various reasons. And and this one's a real one, uh, you know, the war on I-4. So it's, it's a big uh, big weekend for us. But it's also a very frustrating time for me, and I know we'll talk about this. Uh, you know, uh, UCF 15 in the, in the college football poll, uh, you know, the, the committee poll, and very frustrating because our league has accomplished a lot, and yet there's still this perception that somehow our strength of schedule should hold our teams back, and it's uh, something that we just keep fighting. Yeah, That's speaking of those, can do. speaking of those rivalries, Mike, and always good to talk to you, my friend. And I think, the, matter of fact, the last time I saw you, Gio and I were in Dallas, and uh, it was the weekend, and the Cowboys were playing the Green Bay Packers, and and we were all there for the national championship game was taking place there, Oregon and and Ohio State. And Gio, this is when you and I and Winford were looking for a sports bar, and yeah. I and I run into Mike Oresco at our first uh, stop, and and. And uh, I think that's the last time we, we locked eyes, Mike. So always good to see you and, and definitely talk to you. And I'm glad you have a natural rivalry so we can get away from this manufactured one between UConn and UCF. Uh, this this I-4, war on I-4 should be a good one. And, and, and you're exactly right. That's where I wanted to go as far as the perception of your league. When you look at UCF and what Scott Frost is able to do, turning that program around from an 0 and, and, and 12 season back in, in 2015, winning six games last year and now undefeated, you think if UCF is able to, to get a one-loss USF in this ball game, that that would garner more attention and more respectability for your league? Well, it might, it might Brian, but, but here's, here's the issue for me. Uh, I sometimes wonder, I mean, are people paying attention to our league uh, the media, you know, uh, committee, everybody. I mean, the committee does a good job, and, and I'm not, I don't want to, you know, get, get on the wrong side of that one, you know. But on the other hand, look at what this league has done, and look at what Houston did last year against Oklahoma. You know, that final score should have been 40 to 17 if they hadn't had that little fumble at the goal line. Uh, look what they did to Louisville. The only team uh, to stop uh, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield in the last two years 
has been a team from our league, Houston. And, and yet it's like it didn't happen. And we've had multiple top 25 teams each year. We've had two top 10 finishes. UCF destroyed Baylor back in, uh, in 2014 in the Fiesta Bowl, and they were 20-point underdogs. You saw what um, uh, Houston did to Florida State in the Peach Bowl a few years ago. They were big underdogs. Uh, they won seven. Houston won seven straight games against, uh, you know, the so-called P5 teams until this year. Uh, Temple uh, beat Penn State a few years ago, almost beat Notre Dame, uh, played Penn State to a one-touchdown game last year out in Happy Valley. Memphis has had big wins against Ole Miss after Ole Miss had just beaten Alabama. They beat UCLA this year. Uh, you know, we've got 23 P5 wins plus Notre Dame in the past couple of years, uh, including this year. Um, we've had, uh, and that's over a three-year period, we've had a lot of competitive losses. 60% of these games we have to play on the road. Uh, I think, you know, the committee often talks about, well, we don't look at the past or we just look at week to week. I think you have to take the entire picture because if you're going to talk about our league not being as strong or somehow our league not strength of schedule not being uh, the same as the P5, you got to look at what we've done that that proves that wrong. And it seems to me it's very obvious what we've done, and we continue to do it. I mean, people forget East Carolina is down right now, but a few years ago they were one of our better teams uh, when Ruffin McNeil was there. And in fact, they beat the ACC five straight times, including two wins over Virginia Tech. Uh, one of them a week after Virginia Tech had beaten Ohio State. So I think, again, I think this tells you the strength of our conference. And, and when you see a UCF undefeated, and they're really an explosive team, I think they can score on any of these teams, including the top four teams that are going to be picked for the playoff, whomever they are. They can score on them. They've got a, a great defense. Shaquem Griffin is a wonderful story. And yet they just don't get the kind of attention they deserve. I was a little disappointed last night that there wasn't time spent in that show at least i didn't see it i watched uh the show uh about ucf and where they should stand and and let's have some controversy let's have a discussion about the you know how, how the committee is ranking them relative there's a three loss you know mississippi state team ahead of them and uh i think the the chair said that that, that uh, mississippi state's played a challenging schedule well Again, I mean, there might be a team, a team that plays a challenging schedule, and it may have four or five or six losses, but do you rank them ahead of an undefeated team, which beat Maryland on the road shortly after Maryland beat Texas, which has been destroying its opponents? You know, your schedule is your schedule, and this is a good conference. You saw what Navy almost did at Notre Dame. How many teams have gone up to Notre Dame this year and gotten obliterated? And not Navy. They were ready to win that game. And Navy at home won 17 straight. When UCF beats Navy at home, that's a significant win. When they beat SMU on the road, that's a significant win. SMU was six points away from Baylor in the fourth quarter, and that was because of a Hail Mary at the end of the half. And that's at, excuse me, I said Baylor. I meant to say TCU. And that's at TCU. TCU has played, uh, you know, uh, games that weren't as tough, uh, literally, you know, on the road as opposed, you know. So, again, I think you can make a case uh, for our teams, but I just think there's not enough attention paid because of this divide, Ryan and Greg, because of the G5 versus the uh, the P5. I don't think there's much question that that, that divide is, is ahead when we have to fight. G. Owen Jones with Mike Oresco, AAC Commissioner on CBS Sports Radio. And when you mentioned that you want more attention paid to the conference, you can you know, talk to guys like us and you can go on radio shows and do interviews and hope that 
you know, it gets out there. But are there other things that you do? I'm curious from your perspective. Do you send packets of information to the committee members? Do you hound them at their houses? Are you calling them up? What else? What are the, some of the things that you do to try to get more attention for the best teams and, well, yet the best team in, in your conference this year? Well, that's a good point. Again, we do send material to the committee, and they welcome it. They welcome uh, to the to our committee reps. Uh, you don't talk to the committee during the season, and we certainly don't hound them, and we certainly don't try to you know find their addresses. Uh, that's just not who we are, and not what we would do. But we are allowed to, to send information, and uh, and we do, and we try to put you know, our best foot forward. Uh, we also I've done a lot of radio the last couple of days. I've done a lot of radio over the year. I've done a lot of other things to try to, you know, I talk to the writers all the time because I think I have something to talk about. If this were if this were built on sand, that would be one thing, but it's a strong foundation that this conference has built. And I just want to talk to people about what we've achieved and, and what we've done. Uh, when uh, when you look at teams like Houston and, and you see what they did last year and the year before, and then teams, we've also had a multiple uh, group of teams that have, uh, you know, have won games. It's, this is not just a one horse league you know we've had a lot of teams that have been successful over the first few years and i think that's going to continue but yeah we do everything we can to promote the league and and the other thing we we do we try to cite as i said facts you know i don't i talk about our players too because i think that shows you the quality of this league for instance if you you watch a pro game these days you'll see tyler matikavich playing for the Steelers. You'll see Matt Ioannidis starting on the line for the defensive line for the Eagles. You'll see Hassan Reddick. It was a 13th pick in the draft. And these were all on the same Temple team that came within a hair of beating Notre Dame two years ago when Notre Dame was ninth in the country and really could have won that game very easily. They had a couple of defensive backs on that team that are in the NFL. Robbie Anderson, the receiver for the Jets, a terrific receiver, was on that team along with Philip Walker quarterback i mean you you see justin hardy set the all-time ncaa receiving record he's playing for the falcons zay jones broke that record uh this year um jj wharton probably made the greatest catch in college football history against temple it was featured on the nbc nightly news when you look at all the great players we had uh incidentally 15 draft picks this year the big 12 only had 14 and that tells you something too. So I keep talking to people about the quality. Blake Bortles, third pick in the draft, you know, back in, in fourteen. We've got a lot of great players who've come out of this league, and they continue to come out. Uh, we don't necessarily get five star players. We don't need to. We get those three stars, two stars. You know, they're coached up. They're guys who, who really love to play football. They're hard scrabble. They don't need waterfalls in the locker room. You know, they don't need TVs in the locker. They don't need all of that. And. Uh, you know, this is a league that, that is competitive. Anytime one of our good teams is, is put in a big situation, they generally perform extremely well. And I expect that to happen this year. Obviously, this weekend, I think you'll see a UCF, a UF, UF, excuse me, a UF a team that, you know, South Florida is very good, and that's going to be a real challenge for UCF. It's no foregone conclusion that, uh, you know, UCF is going to be our rep, but they're an outstanding team. Scott Frost done a great job. Charlie Strong with, uh, with, you know, obviously, um, South Florida. And, and then you look at um, Houston, and that's the only loss South Florida has. They're not ranked. I don't understand how they could not be ranked. And their team's ranked ahead of them, who gave up 42 points in a loss to a mediocre team at home, who've given up 50 points uh, in games. Uh, you know, again, uh, USF has only given up uh, 28 points. That's the most, and most of the times, most teams don't even score 20 on them. Uh, 
Uh, they had a 47-16 decisive victory over Illinois. Probably could have scored 70 in that game, shot themselves in the foot a bit. But the truth is, it's not a top Big Ten team, but it's a Big Ten team, and they were totally physically dominant. You know, your schedule is your schedule, but give give USF credit. You know, obviously, Quentin Flowers is a great story. Uh, and that team defensively, the talent on that on that defense is pretty outstanding, as well as, as some great offensive players. So, again, uh, I just want people to pay attention, because I think if they do, I think they'll see how good this league is, how good this league has become. I've hardly mentioned Memphis with Riley Ferguson and the high-powered offense, and Anthony Miller is a better receiver in the country. The plays he makes, if you saw the UC, you know the uh, UCLA game, and and every game it seems he has 12 or 14 catches. Uh, you know, again, some great players all over the league, um, and I just want people to understand that that it it really is a competitive uh, group, and uh, you know we'll just have to keep uh, preaching it and hope that uh, you know I'm happy that the P5. Uh, P6 narrative is still alive. And you ask Greg, what, what else are we doing? Well, the P6 narrative is one. We've branded everything P6. <laughs> I think we've got, at least subliminally, it's in the consciousness of everyone. Uh, we've got three teams in the top 25 this year. We had four over over the course of this year. We had five a few years ago. We've had top 10 finishes. As long as we continue to do that, I think the, the P6 narrative will be there. And our TV deal is coming up in about a year. That's going to be really critical. If we can get a good TV deal, I think we have further reason to uh, to want to move into that you know that group. And we'll take some steps. We're going to try to figure out a way legislatively to get there. Uh, but we're not going to be uh, we're going to be very aggressive about it because I think this uh, this group deserves it. Mike, thanks for the time this morning, man. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Greg, and thanks, Brian, and, and good luck. And Brian, enjoy you uh, on the on the CBS show and. Uh, you know, again, remember our days at CBS uh, Sports Network, and uh, good luck to you. Thanks, and, Mike. Uh, thank you. Appreciate Have a great you. Thanksgiving, guys. You, you too, right. buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. And Mike keep Oresco. on preaching. Yeah, yeah. His answers are longer than your questions, which I didn't think <laughs> was possible. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.